0: Welcome to the It is Better to Know" podcast. This is Anne. I'm Cecilia
1: and I'm Valerie. This is a podcast where we use our expertise as pharmacists to break down relevant health topics and make them easier for you to understand. Now let's get started.. You got me Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of It Is Better To Know with Cecilia, Anne, and Valerie. Happy Sunday, ladies. And gentlemen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Or whatever day you're listening to this. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. So before we discuss our mindless Chatter topic this week about Black Friday, it's hot off the press and it's really important and relevant, the COVID vaccine. Oh. (laughs) Yay. Yay,
2: I was going to be like, what is more important than Black Friday, Cecilia? Oh, Come on now. Oh, well, you
1: know, we're in a pandemic, so the COVID vaccine takes precedence.
2: Yeah, this is a very welcoming news,
1: actually. Mm-hmm, very surprising that it came out so soon. What have you heard so far? Well, the early analysis of data from the 5-3 vaccine looks really promising. It suggests that the vaccine is 90% effective at preventing COVID. 90%?
0: I know that's yeah. that's
1: crazy. Mm-hmm. When I first heard that I
0: I couldn't believe my eyes. And this is also like pretty hot off the press. So, um and in the same week, too, that they announced that, that Pfizer announced that, uh, Moderna actually made a claim, too, that their vaccine is 94.5% effective. So, I crazy that high. Yeah, yeah. and um, Canada actually has some contracts with the Moderna as well to secure some of their uh, vaccines for Canadians as well. So, right now, at the time of this recording, we're sitting at November 18th, so there's going to be more details that gets released as, you know, um, more research is being conducted, more research has to be collected and analyzed and stuff. And all these companies, both Pfizer, Moderna, and all the other companies that are probably still in the race for this, they still have to compile all their data, then they're going to have to submit it to the scientific medical journals for peer review. And that basically means that the research still needs to be evaluated by other experts in the field so they can determine if the results are valid, and whether or not it can be accepted for publication. This kind
2: of remind me similar to that movie on, um, like on Netflix, the Contagion movie. Have you guys seen it?
1: I just watched that recently. It's because it's, uh, it keeps popping up on my recommended list because of the pandemic and everything. So I, I know it came out in 2011, but I've never seen it before. But it's actually it's actually so um, accurate how um, how they portrayed these things like almost a decade ago.
2: Yeah, like doing all these crazy things just to get to the front line for the vaccine.
1: I know, right? Yeah, in the movie, um, they actually uh, had a lottery, right? So they awarded the vaccinations by by a birth date. Birth date? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I'd be at the very end. Well, no, 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 not by like you know January first or anything like that. Oh yeah, lottery system. So no, no, not not like that. Um, they had a lottery system, so it'd be like um, they would choose like. A random date would roll out. And then, for oh. example, like the first date would be like, everyone who's born on, you know, like March the 10th um, will get their vaccine first, and then so on. So you okay. wouldn't be at the Well, you wouldn't necessarily be at the end. Mm-hmm. I guess I can't say if you would be at the end or not.
2: The premise you say is so similar to, you know, the COVID 19, how it's all started because, you know, through a bat and the bats get, um, you know, pass on to the pig because it's dropped down a piece of banana, and then the pig gets slaughtered by a chef, and then he didn't wash his hands carefully, and then he, he shook didn't his, wash hand his hands to- at all.
1: Yeah, he. Oh, I okay. In the, the movie, he wiped his hands on his apron, and then oh, he went. Oh, out- it. Yeah, mm. and then he went up to shake hands with the um the girl. Oh, patient zero. Yeah, yeah, patient zero. Yeah. So I'll it start with a the handshake. handshake. Hey? Yeah. I know. It's crazy yeah but when you watch the movie like they put so much emphasis on on things that we're so cognizant of now right like people um transmitting through surfaces so they when when they show people like on the bus like there's so many surfaces that you can touch and like yeah it's so easy to just touch
0: anything that's contaminated because the the microorganisms are so small you just need to it's so easy to pick it up, so that's why it's very important to wash your hands properly with soap and water. We all you know that now, and or use alcohol based hand sanitizer. I haven't actually personally seen this movie before, so w- so after this, like what what happened? Did they was it a good outcome or?
1: Well, they came out with a vaccine, and then they had that lottery with the birth date, and people were getting vaccinated. So I, I guess uh, it kind of ended off there. So. But a lot of the recommendations were, like, really relevant to what we're doing now. Like, they actually mentioned the term social distancing in there, too. So, it's oh. really cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess um, one of the main thing in the movie, too, is that this, like, the Chute loss character, um, supposedly, I mean, just, like, a lot of fake news nowadays, he claims that he cured himself of the virus by taking um, this forsythia of flower oh, yeah. and yeah, so people were like clamping over the pharmacy, pushing it others, turning really violent, trying to get this homeopathic cure.
0: Like in the movie, or are you saying in real life too? No, in the were... movie. No, in the movie. Oh, okay. in the movie. Right no,
2: yeah.
1: nothing yet.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. sure hope not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but homeopathy it is kind of crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he made and, it all uh, up. Like for Cynthia, didn't uh, you know have any sort of healing properties for for the virus at all? So. Oh, like his yeah. character didn't
0: know he was just kind of thinking. that No, his maybe character this knew he wanted
1: to. No, his character knew he he didn't actually like have the virus himself, and he just made this up because he wanted to get famous because he's a blogger. So after he like started oh. talking about this, then he got like millions and millions of hits. So in the end, he actually got. Um, oh, should I say it? Well, it's a decade old. In the end, he uh, he got arrested. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> so
2: mm-hmm. yeah. What
1: do you ladies well. think of like homeopathic cures?
0: It is kind of dangerous, like putting it out that way, right? So for someone, especially like very influential people, um, celebrities, and all of that, they have a lot of social influence and power in their in their circle yeah. field. But homeopathy, I've never been personally a fan of it because it's just that idea of like curious, like into the theory that the disease can be cured by a product that causes similar symptoms as what the premise is. But homeopathy itself is like you have cereal dilutions of a particular medicinal ingredient um, taken over and over again. So essentially, it just distills it to like the essence or like the energy of that particular medicinal ingredient. But there's like hardly anything in it at all. There's like almost yeah. nothing. But people are actually selling this for like, it's it's fairly expensive. But there if you think about serial dilutions, like a hundred times a thousand times there's not really going to be any of that product in it at all so how could it actually exert any effect by just by just yeah that's true you no know, theory but, but they claim, of all of these dilutions
1: yeah but they claim that like the water molecules will remember the essence yes. of the the molecule whatever you know that you're putting in right which is yes, you know like premise, a. Yeah. Yeah, that's the premise. But it, really, you're right, Valerie. Like, the, you have almost nothing in the in the actual product at all. So it's basically like drinking sugar water, right?
2: mm mm-hmm. I guess if it's safe enough to be in the market, then as long as it doesn't harm, right now, I guess there's do a lot of homeopathic cold and flu medications as well, and there there's are. still a lot of people purchasing it. So, but yeah, let's get back to the COVID vaccine. Um, okay.
1: Yeah, because I'm I'm assuming that every like researcher in every country probably put all of their other projects on hold and focus their whole attention on finding the COVID vaccine. That's probably like the forefront of all of their projects right now. Hey, yeah,
0: priority is national security in sense of keeping everyone alive. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a country to rule over
1: (laughs) or to oversee, so no future.
0: that. Yeah, and uh, these vaccines, they they do have to go through clinical phases to determine safety and effectiveness in humans. Uh, Right now, both the vaccines, the Pfizer and the Moderna, are in phase three, so thousands of people, I should say tens of thousands of people, are actually being tested for efficacy and safety.
2: Well, I guess it's important that they, both of them, pass through the phase ones and phase two, which kind of Giving us some data to say that it is right now safe enough on a small amount of people, but knowing that the vaccine is safe without any serious side effects and as effective on a much bigger population like in phase three is um, is what we need more data on right now.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And phase three tries to answer the question like, does the COVID vaccine actually prevent COVID? Or if you do get COVID, will it decrease the severity of the infection? So um, back to Pfizer, they said that the phase three trial will actually be complete by the end of this month. They're going to have to require two months of safety data.
0: We're assuming that Moderna is probably going to be similar in that spectrum of the timeline as well.
2: I'm excited. I mean, typically, they say vaccine can take about 8 to 10 years to go through the approval process, but no one can wait that long. Can you imagine having to, can you know, stay in the socially distance? No. social distance, wearing masks for the next 10 years? No,
1: people are like, already doing, like, poorly at, and this is, like, the nine-month <laughs> mark, right? Or actually, exactly. is it even, like... Yeah, like eight nine months. Small people are already now, going crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I I, that's with limiting.
0: Suffered. Sorry, yeah, mental health is suffering big time. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stressors and and all of that with not without uh, having to having the ability to see your friends when you want and how you want and th- same thing with family members. I was just gonna say too, like even with the lockdowns and the recommendations by travel uh, or by like. Um, government officials to not fly anywhere, our numbers are still climbing. So it's within our little silos that these that these numbers are still climbing up. And that's, that's dangerous. So I, I can't imagine us being able to hold off for eight to 10 years, which is why this is such welcome news. Mm-hmm. Did anyone actually recall what criteria do you actually need for a vaccine to be on the market? Well,
2: I believe right now, they're saying that the vaccine needs to be at least 50% effective to be approved. Um, Ideally, they want it to prevent the disease altogether. But I mean, they also say that if it's preventing the severity of the disease, um, then that would be okay as well. But they actually need to have a minimum protection of at least six months and hopefully even longer. Ideally, even a year would be better.
0: Yeah, I can totally empathize or, you know, agree with what the, these recommendations are because I think that longer protection sh- would be super duper important for the elderly since they're at the highest risk of developing uh, all these comorbidities and, you know, higher risk of death, even, right, if they catch it and they're in terms of their uh, lack of immunity and all of that and their age. So, we know too that generally vaccines are less effective in older populations and this is why seniors actually need to have higher flu doses
2: yeah like can you like even with the flu shots right like right now it's only about 50% effective imagine the covid vaccine being 90 f- effect, 90% effective at stopping the virus that is like a really impressive number to to say the least so everyone should be really um you know, optimistic that, you know, two different types of vaccines are seeing the same very high percentage of effective rate
1: yeah, it's definitely yeah. welcome news right now. And we know with the flu shot, like the flu virus mutates very quickly. So so a lot of times we're dealing with numerous strains and it's unknown which one will be the most prevalent in the flu season. But with COVID so far, we only we know that the coronavirus itself mutates very slowly. So there's more hope for the vaccine to be effective and actually stay effective long term. So that's definitely welcome news in, in this time. Yeah. And
0: another plus is that the vaccine so far, they aren't really reporting much side effects from it. So they seem to be like fairly well tolerated. And um, in particular, I think the Pfizer vaccine says that they um, it seems to have prevented some major COVID-19 complications. So that's also a plus, too.
1: That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I I heard that the side effects are more similar to the flu shot, right? Like mostly like mild pain and swelling um, around the injection sites and and just kind of like mild low gray symptoms. So that's really uh, a definite plus right now, but it might be too early to tell. So cautiously optimistic.
2: Yeah, I think someone might because you know how they think that it could only protect you for maybe up to a year. So it sounds like potentially it could be the same thing as the flu shot where you might have to get it annually on a yearly basis. Okay, um, assuming that the vaccine potentially could also, you know, changes like the flu vaccine itself. So who knows, maybe they could combine the flu shot and the Covid nineteen vaccine together into one shot, so Whoa. that people don't have to get too many shots, like you know, on a daily basis, right?
1: Yeah, that like could be
2: something to think about. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that would yeah, be nice, two for one. It would be, yeah. And I know Pfizer, the Pfizer CEO, put out a statement that said that they'll follow the participants for two years to analyze safeties and ongoing protection. And I'm I'm sure that Moderna will have a similar program in place. So as time progresses, I guess we'll see. Did you guys also um, hear about Russia's COVID vaccine? It also shows some promising results in the phase three trials. I heard that they said it's ninety-two percent effective. So right smack uh, smack dab in the middle between Pfizer and Moderna.
2: Is that the Sputnik V vaccine?
1: That's right. Yeah. Oh, is is that yeah. How I you pronounce
0: it? it? Sputnik. That was Sputnik. <laughs> I, I don't know too, But My... I don't know, is it
1: Carnegie My or Edison. Carnegie. <laughs> exactly. But um, interesting. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I did see that in a recent press release, actually. It seems that um, this Russian vaccine is what is like, you know, pretty high percentage of effective too. So who
0: knows? Yeah, but okay, I just playing double advocate here. But didn't Russia draw some criticism from scientific circles because they actually announced the rollout of the vaccine in August, even before crucial phase three trials had even been completed?
1: Yeah, and I heard that only 76 people were involved in the first two trials. So that's a really low number of cases. Um, And that means that there's less certainty that the vaccine's actual efficacy is above 90% versus Pfizer.
2: But I guess the one good thing about the Russian vaccines I hear is that um, in terms of transportation and storage, it doesn't require very cold temperatures. So that it would be one, you know, That's one plus. Yeah, yeah, that's one plus about this particular vaccine.
1: Do you know if it has to be stored in a freezer or is it just a refrigerator?
2: I would assume just maybe a refrigerator because it doesn't say um, it has to be extremely cold. Moderna, for example, say that um,
1: it's minus 20 for Moderna. And mm -hmm. yeah, like Pfizer is minus 70. So I know there's a lot of logistical concerns, but we'll, we'll probably get to that a little bit later on today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about that later. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's a battle. It's a battle between Russian and Western drug makers. And uh, mm-hmm. Pfizer is an American pharmaceutical company. So that's why I say Western drug makers. So just using Pfizer, for example, um, like they released the information through the press, uh, or sorry, the, the Russians released their information through the press two days after Pfizer's announcement. And just expanding on some of the low numbers that Cecilia is talking about, again we don't have that much information about uh, any one of these studies really because it's all just interim analysis but the russian sputnik 5 phase 3 trials did recruit about 40,000 participants and only about 40% of participants so far received both doses like the pfizer vaccine the sputnik 5 vaccine is actually a two part um, vaccine where you get the second shot 3 weeks after the first so and they based their ninety-two percent of effectiveness on only twenty COVID cases versus Pfizer's. They base it off of ninety-four COVID cases, and um, they actually ended up Pfizer actually ended up immunizing way higher percentage of their recruited patients than the Sputnik V vaccine.
2: I think the Moderna also a two doses vaccine, and as far as I remember, they tested out about on um, thirty thousand participants on uh, in the phase. Face- Three trials and out of the 15,000 who get the placebo and the other 15 gets the actual vaccine, 90% of people who get the placebo, which means like no medication, actually gets COVID compared to the 5% who gets the vaccine. So I think that's where the 95% effective rate come from. So Madonna, it seems like all three vaccines all together, it's like two doses regardless. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm, that's promising. Yeah, yeah, and and I numbers. don't know
2: about the Russian vaccine. I mean, how like how legit is the data? Like they like all this company, they are rushing out data like it's a competition. Oh, but for sure.
1: Yeah, they all want to have kind of like their their say, right? So, yeah, actually, but if you
2: seen the, have you guys seen the political series, The House of Cards, on Netflix?
1: I have not. No. Oh, okay.
2: What's what about, about the Queen's Gambit? Oh, I heard
1: about uh, both of them. The Queen's Gambit is, is quite new, isn't it? I heard it won a lot of um, like awards or it's very popular right now, but I haven't seen oh, it myself. Okay. Yeah. No, you guys,
2: definitely, you guys definitely should see it. But anyway, they portray the Russian as like really intimidating and very calculating. Um, I mean, after watching both shows, especially the House of Cards, mm-hmm. it just makes you want to believe that even if the Russian have the vaccine, they probably don't want to share it with the world. Just well, my opinion.
0: I don't really know about that. But, like, if supposedly they are. Go- expecting to or planning to sell their vaccine globally as well. This is from a news release from the Russian Direct Investment Fund. So they're the ones that are pumping in money to fund the vaccine's production, and they're going to be responsible for global sales. And also, another thing to just point out, research and data collection will still continue for six more months before the conclusions are actually drawn. And then, of course, a manuscript has to be submitted to scientific journals for peer review to see um, how how good and robust is the evidence, actually, and what are they claiming.
2: Wait, are you saying is that the Russian claims that they will follow the candidates six months? Yes. Yeah. Sputnik 5
0: they're going to be following them six months. And so that's kind of different from uh, the Pfizer because they only said they're going to follow them for two more months after. Um, But I'm not so sure about Moderna, what they are saying. No, I think they say also
2: about two years too. I think um, Cecilia said something earlier about that they follow for two years just to analyze the ongoing protection. Um
1: yeah.
0: So oh but yeah. the data they, analysis they follow, might be yeah. ending at two months. But they'll yeah, probably so be doing that like the yeah. operational.
1: But they're still going to do. For safety. And, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. They're still going to do long term follow up just to see because right now, like, nobody has any information about sort of the yeah. long term side effects. So, yeah. yeah but I
0: wanted let's, to let's... mention, too, like, sorry, um, the like Pfizer, they they do seem a little bit more transparent in terms of the information that they are pumping out, too, because, um, like I was saying, like 40% of the participants so far in the Sputnik 5 vaccine actually got their full two doses, whether it was the placebo or the real thing. But for Pfizer, actually, 90% of participants so far received both doses of either the vaccine or the placebo. So we'll, we'll see what happens and when the more information is released.
1: Yeah. And let's focus on the Pfizer vaccine. I read that this vaccine has been tested on over 40,000 people in six countries. And so far, there's no safety concerns that have been raised. So the six countries are the United States, Argentina, Bra- Brazil, Germany, South Africa, and Turkey.
2: Yeah, the interesting about the Pfizer vaccine and also the Moderna is that both companies are using what they call messenger mRNA to provoke your immune system. Um, I mean, this is still a brand new technology right now. And as for my understanding, no vaccines of this type have been approved for human use as of date.
1: That's right. And the mRNA vaccine is is still totally brand new. So um, how it works is supposed to be if the mRNA trains the immune system um, to target the spike protein on the virus, that will actually stop the virus from invading human cells. This would actually be the first mRNA vaccine to be used in humans. So it is important to look at safety data. But one good thing is that this type of vaccine doesn't actually contain real virus, so it cannot cause a real infection. Because And also, like you said, and it's, it's so brand new because, um, and if we find good data with this type of vaccine, mRNA vaccines are actually really quick to manufacture. So if it works and it's safe, that actually opens up a whole new world of possibilities for future vaccines.
0: You had to say a whole new world. A whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. I
1: just had to. (laughs)
0: Okay, I think I'm going to see a whole
1: new world more more often from now on. That's what we get. (laughs) That was
2: surprising.
1: That was really (laughs) amazing. Hear that? (laughs) Yeah, it is a whole podcast where you just uh, we talk in song. Well, actually, by we I mean you.
0: No, you. (laughs) No, we should all. We should all take turns. Uh,
1: We need to. We need
0: to get our Broadway voice on. Anyways, let's get back to the topic at hand. So Pfizer and Moderna, they both use a two-dose schedule. The doses are three weeks apart for Pfizer, whereas for Moderna, it's four weeks apart. And here's some information about trial setup from which they're actually basing their efficacy claims. So the Pfizer vaccine is basing their 90% efficacy rate seven days after the second dose. And for Moderna, the efficacy rate is 95% after waiting 14 days following the second dose before collecting the data. Typically, like the flu shot, two weeks is needed for your immune system to start producing those antibodies for protection. But regardless of which, the efficacy is very similar for both vaccines, which is a reassuring thing for the public.
2: I'm interested to know, like, you know how people who previously got COVID, I wonder if they could get the vaccine as well and be protected again
1: um, yeah. from the COVID? Yeah, we don't Good know. Question. You know, I know um, and I did... The- I know the World Health Organization says that uh most people who do get infected with COVID right now and recover, um, they actually develop an immune response that provides some protection against reinfection, but we, we don't know how strong this protection is and how long it lasts. So I could see it, um well right now we like for the shingles like vaccine, even if people have gotten shingles before, they are still like eligible to get the vaccine, right?
2: One year later, yeah. So yeah, maybe so they'll be similar. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's probably lots of hubbub about it too with with any new medication actually, right? Because there's all these questions right now about unknowns, about safety. How long is it going to work? Like who's going to benefit from the most? Importantly, I think that um, the the more vulnerable groups are probably thinking about um, how this is going to, um, how safe it is for them. So, and whether it's going to work. So things, the population groups like children or pregnant women, highly immunocompromised people and the eldest of the elderly. Like they're, It's going to be interesting to see how effective it is and how safe it is for for this group of people. Actually, funny that you say that. I just saw in the news just now that
2: Pfizer came out with the statement that they say um, it is like about over 90% effective in the elderly population, according to Pfizer. So, wow, that's amazing so, news. Yeah, that just came out on the market just now. So that looked promising for the elderly who definitely could um, need this news at this point because they're more vulnerable to to the side effects of COVID.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know like a lot of the cases are spreading like in the long term care uh, homes, right? So if it really is 90% effective, that's amazing. Some definitely welcome news. So, and I know that Pfizer said that about a third of its participants had uh, racially and ethnically diverse backgrounds, but they didn't say if there is stronger protection for particular like groups um, or particular age groups. So, we'll have to wait and see the results.
2: Yeah, I would assume maybe right now, pretty much maybe everyone could be ninety percent protections uh, against COVID, but who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, did you hear how many that uh, Pfizer say they're gonna produce? In a terms lot. of vaccine this, yeah, this year? Yeah, a lot.
1: They're, they're, a lot? they're uh, really ramping up their production. They said they can produce actually up to 1.3 billion doses in 2021. So soon people in every country in the world will probably be fighting over COVID vaccines. So if you thought the lineup for flu vaccines was bad this year, just wait until COVID vaccines come out.
0: Gosh, everyone's just going to be coming out guns a-blazing, I bet. <laughs>
1: Yeah, hopefully it won't be like the Contagion movie where we saw people actually like they broke the yeah, no, for the Forsythia, they broke like the windows of the pharmacies and then actually like climbed over the counter. So, yeah, poor pharmacies, crazy stuff.
0: (laughs) All that insurance claim, yeah. When you do have something that is in short supply and high demand, it's Got automatic intrinsic street value. So, and this is just speculation, but when the wealthy and the powerful um, are lurking around (laughs) and the organized crime gangs, when the COVID vaccine does come out, it's probably not a far cry to imagine the types of things that they would do to get their hands on the vaccine. So, for example, if they have to transport these vaccines in their trucks in minus, you know, keeping it in minus 70 degrees Celsius weather. Um, conditions, which is what that Pfizer vaccine needs at the moment, then they might be an easy target at like stop checkpoints. That's true. Well, no,
2: they say well. Right now, Pfizer also say that they're gonna be transporting it into like a container where, as long as you keep it in that container, it could actually um keep it. You know, the vaccine like for about fifteen the... days. Yeah. Oh, good. So, That's yeah, a really so high tech container. Must be. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Cool,
2: But I yeah. mean, people do crazy things. Look at what uh, people are selling on Amazon when, you know, when the COVID news just came out about hand sanitizing and mask. Things were going on for like 200 bucks, even though normally it would only sell for like 10 bucks. So,
0: yeah, you could not yeah. find any hand sanitizer or masks anywhere. It was all sold out. Mm-hmm. Desperate days. And not toilet, toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, a toilet paper. Yeah. One a lady was toilet.
2: telling me she drove like two hours into town just to get some toilet paper. Oh no. Just for toilet paper. Oh my goodness. Did she
1: end up getting some? Oh, <laughs> well, I think she ending? got the.
2: <laughs> I think for her it did. Yeah, because she. I think she live. Um, she live in a pretty small town outside of Edmonton where we are. Mm-hmm. So she drove two hours in, like the winter, just to get the. That's
1: really sad. Yeah, I did hear that. I did hear that toilet paper hoarding is starting up again with the second wave of COVID. So hopefully everyone has has uh, enough at home. I I also heard that one guy stockpiled um, 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. So can you imagine? What? That's how more do than you a warehouse. Even, yeah.
0: I was just going to say, how much room does it actually occupy in, in a space? Is that like a living room plus a den or that's kind of crazy? Probably. <laughs> I think he has like a garage yeah. or something. It
2: showed him on the news. But I'm glad like Amazon cracked down on those like coronavirus price gawking. Like people shouldn't be allowed to profit um, from, you know, the yeah. basic needs.
0: Supply and demand, though, right? This is just classic supply and demand at work here. But you're right, like basic needs for for uh, the products like these, it shouldn't be withheld during a a global health crisis.
1: Mm -hmm. And we're back to normal now. So, well, not normal, but we have a lot of stores that have supplies of hand sanitizers. So it's not a critical shortage at this time.
0: Yes, that's true. I think that the you know, all the manufacturers, they probably had a little bit of time uh, to kind of turn around with their productions and supply chain management to actually get everything going with their own version of hand sanitizer. So we're, we're way better prepared for um, the second wave that we're in right now.
1: Mm-hmm. So back to the Pfizer vaccine, that's, um, according to my math, that's roughly enough vaccines for about 700 million people. But hey, do you, do you guys know what the world population is?
2: Oh, are you talking about the because of the 1.3 billion vaccines coming out? Yeah, yeah, because you need oh, okay. two,
1: two shots per person. So that works out to be about 700 million people who would be able to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm.
2: I actually Google it, and it say that um, the stat for 2020, they say seven point eight billions in the, in the world. But, Ooh. I mean, that would bring us to, let's say, a lot of people still not going to be able to be vaccinated in 2021 if only we... Um, with that amount of vaccine so they definitely need more like it's going to be a lot of different type of vaccine now in the market that's for sure to cover everybody
1: mm-hmm. and i saw that but... the u.s has actually pre-ordered the first 100 million doses already from pfizer and canada oh, yeah. pre-ordered 20 million doses and i know that other countries um, like the uk and other countries in europe have ordered them as well but just not sure like the exact number but
0: yeah yeah I also heard that they ordered somewhat similar amounts from Moderna as well. So, and uh, as we did discuss, Moderna is also requiring two doses. Every country is going to be counting on all of these vaccines from all these different manufacturers to try to immunize their, their citizens. You know, we're, we're all desperate to reopen the economies and ensure political stability.
1: Mm-hmm. Everyone will want to be, you know, the first to get as many vaccines as they want, right? As they need. So Canada, like going back to Canada, they pre-ordered 20 million doses, and that's enough to vaccinate 10 million Canadians if, um, if it gets approved.
0: Yeah, and so that 10 million that we have is for, um. 10 million doses is for Pfizer. Yeah, and Canada's population is roughly about 38 million people, so that means about 28 million people will have to wait for a second vaccine. Can you imagine the anxiety that's going to produce?
2: Yeah, but if they both going to come out at the same time, then I guess we get 10 million from Pfizer, 10 million from Moderna. So that's about half of the population. So that's not bad.
1: That's true, yeah. But hey, didn't Trump say that back in September, um, there'll be enough doses of vaccine for every American by April?
2: Well, they did. The Trump administration did say that they're going to try to secure about 300 million doses by January. American first, y'all.
1: That's a lot.
0: (laughs) America first, y'all. Yeah, that is a pretty ambitious timeline. What's the United States population again? 10 times of, uh, of Canada is like 330 million. Oh, geez. So what? They need like another 550 million doses? What about <laughs> the rest of the world?
1: Well, I know um, a lot of the vaccine supplies have already been reserved by rich countries. So supplies are limited. So hopefully the manufacturers can pump out their their production or we can get approval of more vaccines on the market.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of concerns right now from the World Health Organizations. I guess they're saying there might not be enough vaccines for the rest of the world if all these rich countries are ordering more vaccines for themselves.
1: Mm, Yeah, I think everyone should have equal access, but it's, it's hard to say.
0: Well, well, some people do think, again, playing devil's advocate, but some people do think, like the the U.S., for example, that they have the right to the largest pre-order because it's invested in taking the risk through these pre-purchase agreements. Mm. I don't know. It is unfortunate, though. Like, it's unlikely that the developing world will get any significant amounts next year, um, unless, like you both were saying, like vaccine manufacturers can figure out their supply chain and their productions and their efficiency to significantly ramp up this capacity. And like even address things like intellectual property.
2: Mm -hmm. But, you know, the Gates and a lot of um, many European countries, they actually, because of that, they are donating like hundreds of millions of dollars just to get those vaccines to the poor countries. But how's that going to happen? I guess we will have to see because there's a lot of logistic, you know, about, you know, the temperature of the vaccine and who's going to get the vaccine first and which country, I guess. I guess they will have to figure that out.
1: But if people in the like, low and middle income countries, if they don't get the vaccines, then the virus will just continue to spread, right? So yeah. Yeah, that's going to slow down economic recovery. Do you guys yeah. think that all countries will get vaccinated in a timely I manner? I think they will. I think it's just a matter of
0: time, but I do believe, like through philanthropic work, like the Gates and those European countries where they're pouring money into these uh, less fortunate or you know third world countries, I think it's just a matter of time. And again, like just figuring out how to ramp up production to supply the medication or to supply the vaccination to these folks.
2: Yeah, I mean, no one is safe until everyone is safe. So it is important that everyone get immunized otherwise the virus is going to continue to spread and and who knows how long the protection will be so
1: back to the mRNA vaccine like we we had mentioned this earlier before but um one of the disadvantages is it does need to be stored at really cold temperatures so like for the Pfizer it does have to be at -70 degrees for long term storage
2: Yeah, currently, most vaccines on the market don't require freezing at all. We don't know why both vaccines, based on messenger mRNA technology, why Pfizer vaccine needs to be frozen at minus 70 degree temperatures and Moderna's does not. So Pfizer claimed to have solved the problem of how to ship the frozen vaccine by using dry ice, but the vaccine has to be stored in this special shipping container and it can only last for 15 days and another 5 days in a refrigerator, that only give us about 20 days to get the vaccine into people's arms once it's delivered to remain effective. Now, since two doses are needed, and the booster dose for Pfizer is 21 days apart, that definitely is a challenge to deliver the vaccine without wasting all these vaccines, right? So the only options around this is perhaps for hospitals and pharmacies to buy ultra-cold freezers. But this is not cheap. It can cost over $20,000. And with that, I think this might limit how many people actually end up getting vaccinated with the Pfizer's vaccines. However, the Moderna's vaccine can be stored at refrigerator temperatures for up to a month. And although booster shot for Moderna is four weeks later, it's still enough time for the vaccine to remain effective? I That's mean, good. that would yeah. be more of mm-hmm. a like a front runners at this point in terms of um storage for pharmacy. No doubt. Yeah. Just so that the pharmacists can actually, you know, help out with the immunization. Yeah. Um, the only bad thing is that they're not getting as many amount of vaccine out as Pfizer is promising. So yeah, that's but I'm sure early. that
0: stuff they will be able to figure out with, you know, other other stakeholders if if necessary if their data does turn out to be the most promising and it's the least stringent in terms of transportation. Uh it's there there's ways that can be uh, worked around that. So I I think that if Moderna like you're saying it does seem to be like the best one so far, then things will just happen. <laughs> in the in a positive direction for them
1: yeah and they will probably have all hands on deck right so everyone's trying to figure out how to ramp up um, vaccine production and possibly figure out the the storage concerns as well so yeah and it's not just um it's not just Pfizer and Moderna there's lots of vaccines that are still in development right now but it's hard to say which one will will be safe and effective
2: yeah that's true I guess um did you guys hear about AstraZeneca
1: no what happened with AstraZeneca
2: well, they also in a phase three trials too, I believe, but um, they paused it in the States just because one woman supposedly received the shot and she developed spinal inflammation. Ooh, now, okay. who knows right. if it's like a side effect of a vaccine or not, but yeah. right now, just in the States alone, it, they just stopped the trials, but they resumed that outside the States. So
1: okay. that could be
2: yeah, another I, vaccine on the market too.
0: I did hear about that. And, and like with every drug that's put on... Trials, There's always some random, very um, very uncommon or rare complication that could be related or could not be related. It's very hard to say. It is a tight race right now, but all vaccine makers at the forefront of their mind should just be putting quality and safety, prioritizing that over speed.
1: For sure. And if there's a vaccine, most likely with limited supplies, the vaccine probably won't be available to all of the general public. So they probably want to start vaccinating with the high-risk groups first, don't you think?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think um, they were saying how healthcare workers will be first, mm-hmm. followed by older and uh, people with chronic disease conditions. And people who are young with no medical problems are definitely going to be the last in queue. And they're probably going to be like, Delivering out the vaccine slowly. So I think in Canada alone, we're getting about maybe 6 million doses in the beginning of the year here. That's what they're thinking. But like how many doses per province are still to be determined. So definitely there's still going to be a lot of people who has to wait in line just to get the vaccine, even if they want it soon.
1: A question for you, if ladies, uh, for you ladies, if the pharmacist um, healthcare group are offered the vaccine first, would you want to get it or would you want to wait until there's more safety data on it?
0: Well, me personally, I do think that considering how it usually takes eight to 10 years for a vaccine to be um, successfully and safely delivered onto the market if they release these by you know the first or even the second quarter of 2021 it is still fairly short in terms of the um what would Timeline then be called and- the phase four trial which is just the observation effects of long-term side effects and things like that so there's 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 a bit of risk and i think that you know all three of us were kind of in our um, female of childbearing status. <laughs> I know um, you have
1: mentioned to me this before and I had never yeah. thought about it until well, you said, aren't you well, concerned I didn't think about, about long effects of fertility? Yeah. Well, this is like that. Actually. We just, we
0: don't know. We, we don't know. Don't yeah, know. Because again, it takes, you know, eight to 10 years and uh, phase four trials to see the long-term safety of it. So I'm, I think, I don't you know have trepidation. if the government's going to be able to even um, force anyone to really take it if they want to, in this case, unless you can actually say for sure that it is safe and effective, like smallpox vaccine, for example, or measles vaccine, for example, where there's so no yeah, It's you say
2: that because they did have a poll. I remember reading this on the news. They did have um, questions regarding whether they should make this a mandatory vaccine mm-hmm. or not and approval went from 72% to 61% now. And for Canadians, only 22% feel strongly about taking the vaccine right away. A lot of people are still very hesitant just because they don't really know too much about the long-term side effects.
1: I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, just because it's so it's been fast-tracked and even though all this data has come out, it's it's still rel- rel- relatively new, right? So um, I, d- I don't know if people are like running to be the first in line, <laughs> if you're concerned about long-term side effects. But at the same time, I think it's still, it's still better than um, living in this uh, new normal that we're, we're living in right now. So I, I guess, I, and I think um, because as pharmacists, we come into contact with so many patients, um, it's also like to protect them as well. So I think we also have to take that into consideration. I don't like to answer the question myself. I don't think I would be first in line to get it, but I I would be willing to get it in the first like couple months after it comes out just just because I feel like it's the right thing to do. Uh, just because it's our risk. professional
2: obligation to do no exactly. harm. Exactly. Mhm. Well, yeah. how can I did say that, you know, um, like we should have confidence in the system in terms of that they do review all this data that um, Submitted to them through all this vaccines company. Mm-hmm. So what they are saying right now is they're gonna use the same criteria as any other vaccine. They're just gonna speed it up a little bit, just so that you know the economy and people could go back to you know to back to their normal life pre COVID. Like over ten thousand pupils are dying, so something has to be done, right? It's like someone has to, you know, like like people has to get immunized so that we can get back to normal.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. And I guess uh, the thing is, even though it's fast tracked, it's just because like this is a global pandemic and everyone has been putting in 100 percent of their efforts to find this vaccine. So just because, you know, everything's coming out so fast, that doesn't necessarily mean it's been they uh like sacrificing other things. It's just because they everyone's attention is focused on it, too. Right. So I, I hope, um, you know, people do have confidence in the system. And I think that I have enough confidence that I would still be willing to get vaccinated.
2: Yeah, I would too, I would say. I mean, there's already so many anti-vaxxers out there, so we don't want to, you know...
1: Be a Jenny McCarthy? (laughs) Yeah, be a Jenny McCarthy. (laughs) Yeah. Is she still a (laughs) Uh, non-believer? I don't know. I I know that she claims that she's actually not anti-vaccine. She says that she's actually pro-safe vaccine, but... She does claim that, uh, you know, with the immunization schedules that um, the government's put out, she, instead of following those schedules, she says that it's better to delay the time between shots. And I know they, there's actually no evidence uh, for that, right? And actually puts children at risk of actually getting the diseases if you delay them getting their vital immunization. So
2: where she's getting her data from in terms of like,
1: I have no idea,
2: asking that you know, the shot should be delayed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Her feelings,
0: maybe. Yeah, I don't probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is critical to be vaccinated, though, right? For maintaining that herd immunity that we're for all sure. trying to aspire towards, and uh, preventing vulnerable members of the population from becoming sick with these preventable preventable child illnesses. In in um, the cases where she was advocating that you don't vaccinate your child for so. Yeah, and, I know. Like, it just kind of speaks to the the potential dangers of having celebrities uh, who are not healthcare professionals coming out with these flagrantly um, bold statements. That's the right. vaccine, it could be basically the light at the. It is basically the light at the end of the tunnel for many businesses, for the traveling industry, for everyday UME people.
2: Oh my god, I miss traveling south in the winter. The oh, year yeah. is just
1: oh my you're god, you're gonna have to be be stuck here. Here in the For a drink this winter. <laughs> no, nope, you can't. You're not a good Yeah. I'm just hoping things will be back to normal by spring here. Let's hope so. Until there's an official vaccine, everyone still needs to remember to practice safety measures such as hand washing and staying home when sick, staying at least six feet away from other people, and make sure to wear a mask. Thanks, Mom. No problem. <laughs> Avoid crowds. Oh, well, speaking of crowd, you know, are you all excited for November twenty-seven? Why November twenty-seven? What's special about that? Is it your birthday? How'd you know? Wait, <laughs> really? Oh no! <laughs> We're not prepared! I mean, I guess we can't have a celebration, but I can send you a virtual gift. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, just send me a present in a box. <laughs> yes,
1: <it'll laughs> but a COVID black vaccine. Friday yeah. is
2: November 27, too. Isn't that oh, crazy? Oh,
1: Okay, I see, I see. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot to, Um, in the States, it's actually the day after Thanksgiving for them.
0: Does anyone actually know why it's called Black Friday? Why Black? Black means oh, catastrophic do. day.
1: Yeah, it's because mm. um, historically, the accounting books for businesses will actually show their losses, like their financial losses in red, and the profits would be in black. So after Thanksgiving, after everyone did shopping, they would be in the black. So that's why it's called Black Friday.
0: Oh. But why,
2: why do you think people would shop after Thanksgiving?
1: I don't know. It's kind of like uh, very close to Christmas. So I feel like people want to get like a good head start on Christmas presents. What do you guys yeah. think? I, I mean, think I guess so.
2: in a sense, people don't want to shop too early because like toys and fashion, it changes. So if you, you know, if you buy stuff like in January and February, things might be outdated by the 10 that you give out for present.
1: Oh my goodness, I would never <laughs> shop in January or February for Christmas presents. How early do you shop, Anne? I don't. I shop oh, okay. last minute. Oh, okay, good. I am very last minute as well. Um, oh, you are? Oh. Yeah, I, I've gone out on Christmas Eve before to get presents, so yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I won't are you be fine? Do you enjoy it?
2: I do enjoy
1: it, but I... Um, I think really hard about the presence that I get people. So for me, it's like, uh, that's why I take a lot of time. So then I... A whole year? 365 no, not days? A, no, not a year. <laughs> I'm I still last minute because I, I tend to think too much. And I'm like, oh, would they like this? Or would they like this better? And I tend to waffle between decisions. So that's why. But uh Anyways, do you guys? um, I was actually thinking maybe people are more in the shopping mood because um, after Thanksgiving, you know, you get all these endorphins released and you're in a happy mood and then you just want to, you know, go out and and join the crowds and spend some money. I
0: honestly think it's just like a marketing thing though because, um, you know, all the businesses they wanted to get ahead of the November or sorry, the December Christmas holiday sales, I would be able to sell my product faster or sooner if I put it on sale in advance of all of these people putting their products on sale during Christmas time. So I think if, it's motivated by profits. And, hey, and question, who doesn't want to sale? Hmm?
1: Oh, well, us Asians always want to sale. But hey, question, <laughs> do you think that the Black Friday deals are better? Or do you think the uh, Boxing Day deals are better?
0: I'm not like a big shopper to begin with, but when I preliminarily looked, it always seems like roughly about the same to me.
2: Okay, what about you yeah. guys? What do you
0: think? What do you notice? Well,
2: I think in Canada, like Black Friday just catch on recently. Well, uh, It's more of a big, bigger deal in the States. Oh, for like sure. Boxing Day was sure, more true. of a bigger deal for us. So I think just like a few years ago, I started to notice they have more like deals for Black Friday. So it does help to have, you know, an occasion where you can actually buy cheap present before christmas versus like boxing day where you know the presents and stuff has already been done like like there's no point for you to shop that much most people probably broke after christmas
0: Mm -hmm. yeah very true They'll get you yeah. broke during Black Friday, Cyber Monday now, and then you can't afford any <laughs> Christmas. Yeah,
1: <laughs> And then you hope you get, you know, money for Christmas presents, but, <laughs> or you return your Christmas presents so you can get your money back. <laughs> Hopefully not. Have you ever done that? Uh No, I don't usually tend to return presents. Do you guys?
2: Well, only if people give me like the gift card. You return them? <laughs> if i don't like it i would
1: can you even return gift cards? oh i
0: i wasn't aware you can return yeah. oh, no
2: like a gift no like a gift received oh i mean like um if
1: okay. you know oh, if they give you that option receipt. yeah okay. okay so you're saying but like and if we buy you presents we should include a gift receipt in it please sometimes too. sometimes <laughs> i like to take a leaf of faith and i'm like they would not return this i will not get a gift receipt <laughs> <laughs> After for you i will not do that <laughs> hey but yeah. what's the
0: best black friday deals you guys have ever gotten
1: i don't actually go out on black friday that often i i tend to hate crowds even pre-covid so i don't go out on black friday and i usually don't go out on boxing day because i just hate the feeling of like waiting so i really hate waiting and i really hate waiting in line for so long when you can when you, i i don't find the deals that great so you just wait in line for your whole day and then you save a few bucks so i can't really say there's been a best black friday deal i've gotten because i just don't go i mm. would rather just buy stuff online for Cyber Monday. but what about you Anne? i feel like you would go oh, i'm sure she, she has some- yes <laughs> <Sorry>. yeah
2: <laughs> i guess yeah one time we actually we saw this like ads in the paper for the tv is like um i don't know like 70 inch tv for
1: 70 like, inch yeah, how big like is your $600? place that's amazing <laughs> well, you know
2: now bigger is better right like it's more it's, it's more of like a theater experience when you have a big tv to watch it on i
1: guess that's yeah. true my we parents like have a 55 inch and i already thought that was big so 70 inch wow <laughs> so did you get that's it, it?
2: No, we were like waiting in line, like lined up, but there was like, I don't know, twenty people ahead in the line. Oh my god Yeah, goodness. it has to be outside, you know, oh. and it's Eppington weather in December, right? Yeah. It's like super cool. You had to wait like an hour before the store open and by the time you like get into the store, like
1: you they have only have, like, limited supplies a of the TV,
2: too. Some of them only have, like, one or two. So, by the time you get there, it's, like, gone. So, what people, a waste of time. People no. do their
1: research. They, like, stake out where, where to go, like, as soon as the Camp store out, opens. Right? Yeah.
2: Not yeah, true. I remember there was, like, an Instant Pot. You guys use Instant Pot, right? Yes, I love like Instant Pot. Like, a few years ago, where Walmart has it for about $49. Okay. And... There was like lined up. So I drove to the store. There was like, and I saw the line it was like 50 people. And oh by the time goodness. they come in, it's like all Asian. I don't know where <laughs> they come from. And each one were like carrying like four, one in each home. Oh, and then they didn't have then a then limit. On each.
1: Oh, no. no.
2: And I think afterward, they had to put a limit because each <sighs> Asian were like buying like four or five
1: at yeah. a time. Yeah. And <laughs> a family
2: would bring like three or four people oh, into the sure. store. Yeah. Oh, they, you,
1: that's,
0: that'll quickly deplete it for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah it was, they should have come out big with big a deal. limit. Yeah. That's so funny. You'll probably see them outside the store afterwards being like, I sell this to you <laughs> $60. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no I, I would do that on ebay oh, okay okay you don't want to stand out in the cold anymore
2: <laughs> no it's like I, th- I think with the covid now i think a lot of people are going to be shopping online
1: i think i so think too. covid
2: definitely has changed um the shopping experience
1: but last weekend i, I actually don't feel- had to go out to the mall to return something that i bought online or i had to exchange it and actually the malls were very busy so i don't know if it's because people are like wanting something to do now that it's really cold outside and they just kind of all migrated indoors or if they want to get a start early on their Christmas shopping so to avoid the crowds but ironically like the crowds are actually quite quite large especially on the weekends so I don't know if COVID is uh, really gonna put so much of a damper on Black Friday this year we'll wait and see
2: yeah at least in Canada it's not as scary as the states where people are allowed to like carry guns and stuff oh my goodness
0: yeah. That's freaky. It
1: I would is. not feel I, comfortable
0: shopping there.
1: I wouldn't go. I I've heard of people being trampled to death like in in Walmarts and I heard that people actually like carry pepper spray just to to get to the items so to clear their obstacles. It's that's oh, really geez. crazy. It's
0: not worth it. It's not worth your it's leg not. or your life.
1: Yeah. And people actually just, die from yeah. like Black Friday incidents. So it's definitely not worth just
2: for a twenty dollar saving hey it's crazy I know
1: I'd rather just buy it online and get it shipped to me safely in my home
2: <laughs> <laughs> my sister my sister was happened to be in the state one time for Black Friday um shopping she's and brave. she
1: was, <laughs> she was waiting
2: in line in Texas right okay and one lady just like jumped in front of the line um in front of her so you know our family we pretty like vocal about it it's like Hey, you just cut in line. Oh my goodness. So she was like,
1: so great. What if she got <laughs> a big
2: fight with this lady? Exactly.
0: Our right.
1: so,
2: and then she's like, At that time, we were so innocent. We didn't realize, you know, people were allowed to carry guns in the state. Oh my god Knowing know that. that now, oh it was Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, don't mess with, like, um you know, don't mess with the states, especially when it comes to like shoppings and
0: savings. Oh, oh yeah man. people just like i don't know they just adopt a different persona when they when they think that they whatever they want is at stake and someone else is going to get it then i feel like they just go over the aggressive but good on her like she's pretty brave for actually standing up to her. Brave. i don't think that yeah. i would have actually done that either sometimes it's better to just let it go it's not yeah. worth it i know that Wait, there
1: would let be it go can you do a can you do a solo? Let, let it
0: go let it go <laughs>
1: Have have I love
2: your voice I you know, have like, me too. the best karaoke voice we have
1: to do all these trigger words oh. so Valerie will break out into song every now and then <laughs> like for example we should be like Hakuna Matata yes
0: Hakuna Matata Hakuna
1: Matata, <laughs> Hakuna, matata. <laughs> oh so good alright so oh. I could spend all day talking about uh, songs and shopping with you, with you ladies but let's end here and chat again next week let's talk about COVID Mythbusters next week Stay safe, everybody. Yes, can't wait. Bye. Are you new to the It Is Better To Know podcast? If so, we want to thank you for listening. We would love to get your feedback to help us get better. Please leave us a quick rating on your favorite app, or even better, leave a review and let everyone know what you think of this show.
2: Curious Music is performed by Bonsai Mamo, written by Andrew Southwell and Jimmy Harry. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and should not be taken as medical advice. As every individual is unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.